Hello and welcome to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast, highlighting artists, teachers, authors, and philanthropists who are committed to planetary purpose, or in other words, holistic visions for planet Earth. My name is Julian Gudelai, and in today's episode, I'm here hosting and interviewing Gareth Herman. Gareth is the COO of Magic, a full-service digital marketing agency out of Boulder, Colorado, catalyzing paradigm-shifting movements, recently involved with decriminalizing psilocybin mushroom in Denver. Furthermore, Gareth is a badass visionary who leads with heart, and he's also the co-founder of Exponential. He recently created a how-to, how to create the greatest civilization. And that's why I have him on the show to follow this call of planetary purpose. And with these words, without further ado, welcome to the show, Gareth. Thank you so much for having me. So excited and grateful to be in this conversation. I really appreciate what you're doing here, which is creating a space for us to create a shared vision for what a better future looks like. I feel that a lot of people are upset with the way things are and are happy to point fingers and to blame. And there, I believe there really needs to be a shift from that kind of energy of, of tearing down of, and pointing fingers at what's not working and shaming and blaming and guilting to really focusing our energy is what is it that we actually want, right? Yeah, what, is, what, what, do we, what do we wanna build in the world? How, if you don't like the, the way this is set up, what's, what's your idea? Like, what do you feel called to, to, to create? What is, what is your purpose? And, and so you creating this space, I think is massively valuable so that we can get a, start to get a shared conversation around what does this next paradigm look like? What does a better world look like? And then how can we get into action about building that? And I, I actually call that, <clears throat> that's a step four of, of uh, my, my, my exponential theory of change is actually creating what I call a new reality zone. And that's actually what you're doing here on this podcast is you're creating a space where a new reality is possible. And that's the foundation for any change is you have to first believe that it can happen and that it can exist. So thank you so much. Yeah, awesome, Gareth. I mean, it takes one to see one. You're in the same, uh, you know, like you're in the same place of creating new realities. So let me, let me ask you right away then, like, you know, you just mentioned finger pointing and blaming and, and, and I would basically sum it up as like polarized kind of realities that a lot of people experience. How do you stay inspired when you see the state of the world and when you see what's going on online and discussions and et cetera? How do you stay clear, neutral and inspired? It's interesting. One of my friends that I grew up with in high school, him and I had a conversation the other day and he said that his, his, home, his perspective of the homeless really shifted. In the past, he would blame like be like more like the conservative dialogue of get a job you know you're in and, and be more angry or upset at them and recently had a shift where he actually allowed himself to be vulnerable and connect to a homeless person in, in Washington DC where he lives and he, he literally felt the pain that that person was going through and I think that there's a tendency especially in 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 personal development in the media to hype up like passion and purpose and inspiration. You want to be in this high state all the time. And I, and I certainly, you know, strove for that in my own life. And what I've found to be really true and powerful is to actually go into the depths of the pain and the suffering of, of what we do see in the world that's not working and allow that to pull our heart outside of our chest. And, and that becomes the guiding force for the purpose and the mission then. So, uh, my business partner Spencer and I recently just did a, a little short piece on 
on essentially the myth of purpose and, and kind of like purpose washing where people get excited about an aspirational vision or try to get other people excited about an aspirational vision, kind of like greenwashing, but it's not, it's not really, it's, that's a good step, but it's not really coming from a pace, place of the heart and personal struggle and strife. And I find that in my life, like for example, for me, I, um, yeah, I just had a, a, a tough experience as a child coming, coming to the United States from growing up in a farm in the middle of nowhere in Portugal. Like imagine just like deserty hills and, you know, the cows and the chickens and like a had a little, yeah, it was pretty awesome. I was just like the king of this little farming valley. I knew everyone and, you know, everyone was naked at the Stause and, you know, just, it was, it was just a very beautiful experience. Then coming to the States for me was really challenging going into the school system and being made fun of and ostracized. And I essentially had to shut down emotionally uh, to kind of survive high school and, and, you know, the sports culture and actually became like a bro to try to be cool and, and fit in. Right. Because it was like so painful being ostracized and not having that sense of belonging. So if you look at my life now, you know, before this podcast started, we we're just talking about how I'm creating amazing community in Boulder with this warehouse and my house and being such a source of connection and tribe and really wanting to bring leaders together and so that we can talk about, the, the, the critical problems that we're, that are, are, that we're facing right now, a lot of it stems from like my shadow of, and pain of like, just like not feeling cool, like feeling like that I was a loser or that I wasn't good enough. And, yeah. and then and that would, that's kind of a fuel for me to want to bring people in to celebrate them, to make them feel valued and supported and in, in, a, in a community that really uplifts them. Very interesting. Thank you right away for going into that kind of a topic because it was one of my questions, like what role do individuality and uniqueness play for you, right? And I hear, I hear you say basically when we embrace our like unique constellation, both of gifts and shadows, both of the fears and the like trauma we carry, right? Because everyone has a different story of how they shut down emotions or they, you know, they kind of started focusing only on the one niche of what, what they were good on. And when, once you start to awaken to how much actually is possible and how beautiful this world is, we kind of have to face those, those inner layers again. So hundred percent. And that's, that's the first step to the exponential theory of change is to get massive alignment, right? We have to like almost deprogram ourselves from the matrix. My experience growing up was that you know, I was so influenced by what was happening in my friend group and like in the media and my family and what I was supposed to do. I went to college and did all these things because it was just like the next step in what I was supposed to do. And, you know, after my quarter life crisis, it was about like peeling back like, wow, I mean, I got this, um, I got a, uh, after college, I got this awesome job in Germany for the biggest international renewable energy company, you know, as a sales manager. And I, I turned it down. And that was like the, the shifting point for me because I realized like that's what society wanted me to do, but that's not really what my heart was, was calling for me to do. And, and in that, I started to see all the different ways that I was doing things because I thought my friends think, would think I was cool or that my parents actually had these values and I was doing that because of them. And, and really getting in there and getting into your own story and your own, yeah, and, and getting into your own beliefs and, and your own purpose is the first step. I love that. I feel that this massive alignment, it sounds very simple, but when I look at my own journey as well, like what you just said about the parents' desires, um, I just recently talked about that in an interview I gave on another podcast called University of Adversity, 
uh, make sure to check it out. It's a cool show. Um, you know, I kind of followed the German dream for a while growing up in, in Germany myself. And then knowing that companies like BMW and Nike, not a German company, but I worked for them for a while. They gave up, they gave like a form of security that I remember, especially my mom was really wanting for me. And so it, it felt like for a while I did that and it felt good to a degree, but it wasn't in this place that you just mentioned, Gareth, which is like massive alignment where like my gut, my heart and my head were like, yep, I'm going there every day. It was quite, quite different actually. It was almost like I was you know, questioning it every week regularly with one of those three layers of intelligence, at least with mm -hmm. one of them. Mm -hmm. So let's jump, jump right in. Like what else is part of this exponential theory of change? It's, I'm very curious. Yeah, so we talked about getting massive alignment and that, that means integrating your shadow and going into what, what you, like the emotions that you spent your whole life trying to avoid feeling, like actually going there and using that as, as a way to connect to your purpose. Uh, I think a, a cool phrase is that the, the uh, medicine is next to the wound, right? So you have to go into the wound to get that, that purpose and that, and that massive alignment. Then two is coming from that place, like deprogramming all of the of the um, the matrix and uh, the societal stuff, and then three, and this is what I love what you're doing too, is it's about leveraging the power of team. I believe in the states, and I'm not sure to what extent this is true in Europe as well, but we've been kind of sold this lie where we we value the the rugged individual who's like this rugged you know marble man who's just galloping into the west and the sunset. I don't need anybody. I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to be this epic CEO become fuck you rich. And you know, it's just all about the, the heroic individual. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like, it's almost like psych, you need to be almost be somewhat like psychopathic in order to be able to, to, to pull something like that off. And you know, there's, there's a, uh, a really cool documentary out about like juxtaposing some sort of corporate behavior to mentally unstable people. And I think that's very apt. So that's the lie that we've been told is do it as do it alone. The more the more badass stuff you do by yourself, the better you are. And the belief that I have or what's worked for me is actually leveraging the power of team. So what I mean by that is really noticing anything that I've achieved that's been massively successful in my life is because I've surrounded myself with the right people. Right? I totally I, agree in my own life as well. Like, even though I host a show mainly alone, there is no show without the team of the person being interviewed, without our conversation before and after and our relationship. Like, I thrive when there's others around. Yeah, I, I really believe that you do become the five people that you surround yourself with so much so that when I was earlier on in my entrepreneurial journey, I was a solopreneur and I was struggling so hard. Like, I literally had like already spent all my money. I was living in a tool shed, literally in a property in Boulder. It was a nice property. I rented out the tool shed because it's the only thing I could afford. I literally was down to my bicycle and a Chromebook, like not even a nice laptop, just like a Chromebook and was like going to the library and to like get books and stuff. And so in that place, I realized I needed a team, which is how Exponential started. I called my brother. I was like, Kevin, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to either give up or I'm just going to you know, have an emotional breakdown unless I get like help and support in this situation. And so I got my brother and then another entrepreneurial friend together and we started setting goals together, tracking habits together. And anytime we used, we felt like giving up or, you know, this imposter syndrome would come up 
or you know, I'm, you know, lack of self-confidence, what, all the things that happen on the entrepreneurial journey, we would call each other, support each other, we'd set goals, like I was hiding in my business, I'm really good at operations, but I don't like doing sales, you know, so I was, I was hiding in my business and, and I had, through setting goals and habit tracking, I helped get myself out of that. And that was all through the power of team. And, and so now I refuse to do anything in my life unless I'm surrounded by other human beings that are gonna make me better and are, vision and values aligned and that are going to support me on the journey. And that's a really big distinction that I'd love, I'd love to bring to everyone is don't try to do it alone. I love that, man. It, it actually resonates just right in this unique moment. I, I like how you're saying that it sounds and feels like there's a lot of experience in you where like you were close to that line of like giving up or, or, you know, like emotional kind of purge. And, and I think, it's important to mention that, especially when someone like you're in such a successful seat now with, you know, um, an agency like magic that, that you're connected with an exponential and all this amazing community in, in which we also met, right? Like, um, th that's, that's such a factor of success, but I think most people walk through some form of adversity before they really arrive in like realizing, you know what, that is me. And th these people around me can see me. Yeah, there's, there's a point actually where we met in Costa Rica at Envision Festival three years back. I was walking along that beach one morning and I, I just, it really hit me. Like I, I was walking, I, I was just like feet in the water, just walking around, watching the sunrise. And I just started crying. I realized that I, like something was coming up for me was that I didn't really truly believe in myself. And it was like so painful to like feel that lack of self-confidence and that that's, and also to feel the self-doubt and just realizing the impact it had on my relationships with women, my business, so on and so forth. And I'm just so grateful I had a team because coming out of that experience, I, I, I changed my diet. I, I put that in my habit tracker. And then I had my accountability team call me every morning and pump me up full of belief. So that until I was able to like kind of get the, start to generate that from the inside out. Right. So I, when I'm, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not fucking around. I'm talking about like shift your internal paradigms. So that's actually the last the last step after creating a new reality zone in the exponential theory of change is that you transcend your self-sabotage. And my, my team was so crucial in that because I literally had to rewire who Gareth was from, from every, like from my physical body to my emotional body, to like my mindset and my beliefs to be able to create these businesses and to play the game that I'm playing right now. For everyone wondering where we take all this from, this is the how to Gareth recently wrote, and we'll definitely put a link in the show notes so you can download your own pdf because it's 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 a game changer i love how like visually pleasing it is but also how like clear especially with hearing you explain it how clear it relates to the lived experience right it's not just a theoretical kind of pamphlet of like do these steps and you'll feel good no it's like this is what shows up for people right this is truly what all of us when we break through and we we start living within and from purpose and not just as you said like a fake kind of purpose but a true feeling of soul purpose Th these are the things that show up you could call it the dragon of life and you got to learn how to ride it 100 percent, and 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 really this is i i did do research right it's like i've read a lot of books i interviewed uh, my team and i on a previous startup we interviewed about 50 different entrepreneurs and change makers all the way from the likes of MIT professors like Otto Scharmer and his whole theory with Theory U to, so yeah, to people like Stanford School of Design to famous entrepreneurs. We got Tom Chi and, and all these amazing individuals. So we really did a lot of research. At the end of the day, it, 
it's all it's it's no longer about who has the knowledge it's about who can take action on the knowledge and then from that action you get the experience so it's really not enough to listen to this inspirational podcast right it's not enough just to get that that's that's a helpful step in the journey but then you actually do need to download the book do the worksheet. A lot of people are now even including worksheets in books and, you know, like Dave Asprey and he'll often do that at the back of his, his book and say, okay, at the end of the chapter, do the worksheet. That's what it really takes is actually doing the worksheet. And that's where people's self-sabotage and yeah, their, you know, their inner resistances come up. And then that's what I actually feel like is the least thing that's talked about that we need to talk about the most is how do you actually deal with that? Like, what do you do when you're avoiding your sales calls? right? What do you do when you're not, you know, on top of your finances and kind of avoiding looking at your bank account and like, just like hoping that it's all going to work out? Like, what do you do when, you know, you have this big opportunity and you show up late and your computer crashes and it's like, it's insane. Like I have friends that like go to pitch and the weirdest stuff happens. And it, 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 I think that this is something that's really not talked about is emotional, mental health for entrepreneurs and game changers. How do you deal with the, the challenges and the shadows that arise along the journey? So interesting. So give, give us an example or two that you've experienced. Like how do you deal with it, that form of self-sabotage? Yeah. So let me think of a, let me think of a good example here. I, the foundation is who you believe you are. It's, it's, it's like, it's, I, I used to believe that, um, that capitalism was bad and that, you know, business was destroying the planet. Right. And so with it, from that core belief, you saw my actions. I was working in the nonprofit space. I started a nonprofit. I was working on local government initiatives, so on and so forth. And until I was able to shift that internal belief, I wasn't able to access my full potential and, and really make a, the big impact. And so when, when you, when you get down into that, that experience the the you'll know it's coming up. I, I for a year, I kept a, what's called a fight or flight response journal where every time I felt triggered or my heart rate go up or to start like a serious negative emotion, I'm, I can like, I, I actually wrote in this journal what was happening. So that was a really big first step for me. So that, you know, it's something intellectual, like a belief around capitalism, like unpack deeper into something about like not being confident, which then I got deeper into, didn't feel like a lot of self-worth on the inside. And so by self-reflecting and going through these journal exercises, really getting into the core of the matter and, and my, my commitment to my, my exponential team was to be in a triggered state 0% of the time after one year of doing this. Wow. And I, I actually achieved that, which if you think about it, it's like you have 24 hours in a day. So to be triggered, even if you're triggered for a couple minutes a day, you can still hit that. Right. But that was the idea is like, Oh, I, I used to have a conversation with someone where I would be sending an email to an important business person and my heart rate would go up because I was afraid of rejection. Right. So then it would take me like a day or two to like, you know, kind of get back down into that. And through, through working with the journaling and a number of other different techniques, I was able to get that down to like two hours and then down to two minutes. And so that's, that's where I'm at right now. And the ultimate, and, and so yeah, journaling is a big piece. Uh, physically moving has been a big piece for me, like doing Tai Chi and Qigong and yoga and, and literally learning how to work with my emotions on a kinesthetic level has been, has been a foundational piece. I, you know, all the beliefs and emotions are stored in the body. So getting to the physical level is super important. Totally and then also, yeah. 
Yeah, it's, no, it's keep, keep going, but I still relate. Like the moment you move it through your body, um, most of it just evaporates again. Yeah. What, what, uh, what have you done? Uh, you know, what, what are your practices that support you to move? Well, I've been a yogi for the last decade and it comes in on and off waves of intensity. Right now, Kundalini yoga plays a role in my life. I, I practice every day in a form or other, mostly in the morning, mostly early in the morning before seven. Uh, sometimes I sleep in and, and still though during the day I, I, I need to do or I get to do. Um, I say need to because that's how my body feels about it. Um, a form of breath work that kind of combines yoga and qigong so I can actually, you know, release the stuck patterns and through breath of fire or um, holotropic breath work, kind of like Wim Hof breathing, I can mm -hmm. oxygenate the blood, the system, the body, the cardiovascular system. And then from there, uh, a space opens, right? Kind of like you said at the beginning of this interview, like we together are creating a space for a new reality with this interview and you listening, you are part of the space of this new reality. And the same happens for me with breath work. When I do holotropic breathing or I do a Qigong sequence followed with um, a breath meditation, I create a spaciousness in which thoughts, they might still be welcome, but they don't need to exist in that space. And so for a few seconds, a few minutes, I enter this state of nothing. And sometimes it's very easy, sometimes it's a little harder, but when I go through my routines, my body literally feels euphoria. And the moment that happens, all the issues, all the little things, you know, the, the little things that might bother you in your life, they, they start becoming less and less, but I would say they have less power over me when I'm in my practice. And that's really the, the key of practice, I feel. Yeah, so just to build on that, like what can happen or let me just share for me what I've, I learned too, Spencer and I went to a program called the Men's Emotional Leadership Training and we learned how to really go into our experience. So one thing that I've been working with is uh, self-worth recently. And so I can literally, you know, even just talking about, I can feel that in my solar plexus, it kind of just like feels like a pain there and almost like a knot. And so in order, like a lot of me has been trying to avoid that experience by you know becoming successful or having money or you know having a strong body or being attractive and so on and so forth right so it's been a a, a driver for me um however it's like a trigger driver and and that that creating from that place of being is less powerful than let's say the joy of creation and and the the true expression of myself so it's, it's holding me back right now. I can feel it holding me back because it's, it's limiting my personal energy. So what I do for that is I literally just try to slow down is the most important thing. Like whether, you're, whether you're doing Qigong or Tai Chi or yoga or breath work, it's just like, like, can I just slow down? Like what is actually happening in my body right now? Whoa. Like, yeah, my, my, my legs are a little sore. I'm not, and then I just feel that knot, right? And, and just and just bringing my attention, like just breathing into that and really not trying to do anything. That's probably the most transformational technique that I'm aware of right now. And it's the easiest to do, but it's, it's, it's simple, I should say, not easy. Because as soon as I want to go in that place, it's just like all, I, I almost feel like spiders crawling inside of my skin, like wanting to get out of that experience. And I love what you're sharing, Gareth. I think this is, Again, for you listening, this is the one transformational practice that it's taken me years to really feel strong around the way I practice it because it, it can happen anywhere at any moment. Eckhart Tolle talks about it as well. He calls it the one minute meditation. 
if you can just slow down for 30 to 60 seconds and breathe and become aware of what is, everything disappears. Unless there is literally a saber-toothed tiger chasing you, very highly unlikely at this point in time. I mean, it might be a car chasing you, but then you're in the middle of the road, right? But unless there is that imminent danger, you always have the energy to slow down. And then what's beautiful, what you said is that, you know, when you do have like a cathartic experience of release of like finally going through there, that's where you want to create from. You don't want to be creating from like the place of trying to get out of or trying to get away from or this system or this part of me I don't like and is bad. So I want to like get away from it, right? You want to get, you want to go through it. It's like the buffalo, right? The buffalo, when there's a thunderstorm in, in the prairie, they all clump up. And then they head straight to this through the storm because that's they know it's the fastest way through the other destination. And that's what I feel like we really need to do is we need to thread the needle and go through the storm on the inside so that we don't recreate the next, you know, paradigm from the same level of consciousness from which this one was birthed. And and I, I will tell you, I, I'm too afraid to kind of do that shit on my own, to be honest. Like So I really need other people to like force me to be in that experience and just hold that space for me and, and, and go there. And, and that's so beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. And also sharing the vulnerability. Let me ask a follow-up question, which I feel like fits really well right there. So what is required for you to trust? Man, I'd love to know the answer to that. That's that's like a uh, that's something that I'm I'm uh, I'm really working with. I did a I did a, a semi accountability summit with my team a couple weeks ago, and we did a medicine journey in the mountains camping. And I literally had the experience the first time in my entire life, like literally like three weeks ago, of what trust feels like. So I'm not an expert in this. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I just I'm just recently experiencing this. My experience was that. I was literally feeling the, the seat of my whole being, like at the very bottom of it, this was my experience. <sighs> Just like holding on for wow. dear fucking life. That's, wow. that's like what Gareth has been about his whole life is, <gasps> right? And so that's not, that's not trust. Like that's like the opposite. That's fear of survival. Man, I love, I love how naked you're getting in this, in this episode. This is so powerful to listen to because that's real life. And that's real life for all of us at some point, right? Like I've been in that place where it's like, oh, just holding on with my solar plexus as strongly as I can, trying to create what I think I want. And then when you look at the same situation six months later, you're like, what did I, what did I even do? Like, who cared about that? Well, my ego cared about that in the moment, but my ego of four months later doesn't even remember right? Because it's so busy with what's next in the desire list. And that's why I find it so important to, to go into these deeper quests on the internal realm, like what is trust? What is purpose, right? What is authentic desire? Yeah, so I don't have an answer for you. I'll, I, oh, actually, what happened later in that experience, I just stayed with that. And for some reason in the moment, I was able for the first time in my life to find humor in that. And I like made fun of myself. I was like, oh, this is totally what I'm doing. I'm just like, so afraid i just try to hold on so hard to everything and it totally <laughs> everything up <laughs> nice so nice oh i love it man because humor is the first thing that breaks it all i oh, find yeah. like if i could ask if i could pray for one thing in the world it would just be more laughter because every time i've i've 
you know, being in a place where I had this kind of a weirdness show up, like humor is what I truly wanted. I wanted someone to see me and be like, you know what, Julian, like, let's just laugh about this. It's, it's not such big of a deal. Yeah, totally. And when I laughed about it, I had this experience. I was able then to just have this experience of, uh, bear with me on this one. This might sound a little crazy, but death is just a fear. I agree. Like, like it's straight up. I, I, I don't know. It just hit me. I was like, wait a second. Like death, like it's almost like being afraid of cold water. That's what death is. It's, it's like a fear. It's not actually like a thing that happens in reality. It's just something that you're afraid of. And once I, can't I realized- wait to have Wim Hof on the show at some point, because he talks about that quite a bit. Really? I the correlation between cold water and the fear, right? And then and, and the way we are afraid in life and, and how we, when we breathe and we face it and we look at it, it turns into a teacher. I just did uh, my longest cold plunge ever this morning, four minutes in, uh, in ice water coming out of the mountains. We did a dunk in the uh, Boulder Creek and uh, we did some breath work and hopped in. So I get it. Very nice. Uh, well, I know you love people coming out to Boulder, but maybe you should come visit me on Vancouver Island because the ocean, the <laughs> ocean here is ice cold every day, even in July and August. Love it. Cool. Yeah, man, Gary, uh, let me ask you a few more questions. I want to go into some rapid fire unless. Well, there's one last thing that I want to say yeah, about this topic. So if, if you can get that every, if you're just afraid, like if, if it's, if you're just afraid then, and death is just a fear, then it, it, it unlocked for me something that I would previously have judged as like super woo woo and whatnot, where I just realized that everything is fucking awesome. <laughs> I don't know how else to say that, but that's what my experience of trust was is that I don't need to worry about like this business not working out, this relationship falling apart, the economy collapsing again, going into the Great Depression. It all doesn't matter because it's all like this spiral of evolution. And the main thing is that I'm just afraid of things not going exactly as how I think they should. And so for me, trust is, is being in the place of, of an absence of fear of a certain outcome happening and just being excited about what's emerging. Trust is the absence of fear. I like that. I think that's, that's, that's pretty spot on because, you know, I mean, everyone listening, when you close your eyes and you take a real deep breath with this, and that includes me because I was just listening to you, there are always some elements of fear that are permeating our consciousness, right? And, and when, for me, the same, the same rule applies when I release that, some magical form of, of trust shows up. Lo I love this. I mean, I'm not, this is profound. I'm not, a, I'm not a master at this, by the way. I've been afraid like all day. <laughs> and I think this oh. is the good thing because, you know, our society has conditioned us largely to chase for being the best at something. And so when it comes to the inner world, the emotional realm, the spiritual realm, we, we still kind of drag this old conditioning of being the best or the master with us. And I don't really think that that matters as much as, as long as you, you know, give your best at being authentic in your journey, because then the authenticity and vulnerability will make you a master of the moment, right? Your authenticity in this moment right here and your vulnerability on the show and on this podcast interview, um, it, it makes me relate to you, to you through the human experience that goes way beyond my individual personality. And then I can okay. actually honestly admit that these emotions and these feelings and these notions, uh, I, I know them. <laughs> <laughs> amen my brother 
yeah, I, I feel I feel like that there's you know there's there's so much information on the in the world. It, I feel like this is really the final frontier is the inward journey, especially if you're trying to live a purpose filled life or make a big difference in the world. I mean, you can buy a course on to teach you how to do digital marketing and get more customers. You can get endless books on how to do sales, right? You can buy books on ops and finance and like it's all already kind of figured out. The information's there. So, you know, if everyone were like this amazing human and robot, they just get the information, build an amazing thing and make the change, right? It's like, it's like business is very formulaic. And the reason that doesn't happen is because people are unwilling to do the inner work and they have all these unconscious drivers and self-sabotagers that they're just running on autopilot with no consciousness. And they just end up having this experience like, why am I having this experience again? I, I tried so hard to not repeat the same relationship and yet I'm right back here man, I'm broke yet again. It's like, oh, this, it's like, why am I keep having this experience? And so that's like the unconscious living itself out through us. So I honestly believe doing the inner work is the most important thing that anyone can do at this age in order to actually create change, systems change or anything out in the world that it kind of needs to be happening at the same time. Really cool. Okay, let me ask some rapid fire questions before I ask you my last two questions on the show. Um, very simple questions for you. What do you prefer, ocean water or lake water? Ocean. Trees or cacti? Trees. Water or kombucha? Rapid fire questions. <laughs> <laughs> In indecision, no worries. Cannabis or alcohol? Uh, neither. Neither. Nice. Jungle or desert? Uh, jungle. Gareth, what is happiness for you? Um, happiness is fleeting. You know, I don't think it's really what we should be trying to get or do. Actually, hmm. I'll let that resonate. Well. So since happiness is nothing we, we need to try to achieve in your words, if there was something to try to achieve, if we you know, had a shared vision as humanity for something we want to create along the guidelines that you come, come up with in, in how to create you know, the most awesome or the greatest civilization ever, or if it is holistic visions the way I, I put it on Green Planet, Blue Planet, what would be your idea for uh, a global vision, a planetary vision for the next seven generations, for the next 200 years, what could a humanity look and feel like if you were to dream a little bit here? So I actually don't feel like that's my role is to like have the vision. What I feel like my message here is that the whole point of this exponential theory of change, all the steps I just listed out, is that our most critical and limited resource is teams of people deeply connecting to their purpose and fucking going for it on whatever their project is. And that's my belief. And that's my theory of change is that if we can just inspire people to get connected to their purpose, find other people that are aligned with that, figure out how to actually work as a healthy and high functioning team and move forward with that purpose, then the better world that we all believe and know that's true in our hearts will actually come to fruition because it'll be created from that consciousness and, and, and from that energy. And it's like a small team is unstoppable. If you get the right team with the right synergy, you can do whatever. I think one of Tom Chi's teams, for example, he's mentoring the startup. I think they had like 
eight people, they built all these drones and planted like millions of trees in a very short period of time, which if you think about that is like massively scalable and was started by a couple human beings that got connected to a purpose and formed a team. So imagine like what healthcare would look like or any other industry if you just had like people going for it like that. And so, you know, for me, I, um, yeah, that, that's kind of my dream is, is to have those people come together and, and create the larger dream. Beautiful. There is no right or wrong answer to that question. So uh, may your prayer be heard and may with this interview and, and this episode that's, that's out there, you know, may people be inspired to tap into their purpose and find their tribe, their team and the other people around them that help them create it for real. Um, I hear you. I, I, oh, I think that's a, that's a very, very um, honorably and, and, and val valuable vision. Gareth, at the end of this podcast, is there anything else you'd like to share? Any shout out you'd like to make? Any, anywhere you'd like to point people at? Anything you want to mention? I think that the main, what it all boils down for me is the capacity to be with what is. It's like, can, can we just be with what we're experiencing right now? Can I be with this other person in conversation? And, and that's the main capacity that I wish everyone had more of to have conscious choice, like to be able to hear someone's perspective and consciously choose to consciously choose the direction of their life or, and, and to really live a place of an empowered choice. So and that really requires slowing down, being present and being with what is, and that's my, my big wish for everyone. And then, like I said, when we get that place, let's, let's join up as a tribe and, and make amazing things happen. So that's my, that's my big wish for everyone and, and ways to connect with me are you, yeah, I'd love for you to download the, uh, you know, the five-step process of uh, the exponential theory of change. Uh, the, the title of the ebook is how to create the greatest civilization that ever existed. If you already have a project and are looking to scale it up, you know, that's what my agency does. We essentially take, you know, conscious missions and, and scale them online. Like you mentioned, we help decriminalize psilocybin. We're running a, a presidential campaign with Marianne Williamson, who's preaching messages of love and creating a department of peace and, and uh, working with yeah, businesses that are, are having a, a really positive impact in the world. And we just get to get the word out online for them. So those are the, the two ways to connect with me. Powerful. And thank you so much for your time. Thanks for your honesty, your vulnerability. And I, I, I loved this, this short hour that we have together here on our call. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for creating the space. And that's that, another episode of Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. I truly hope you had a good time listening to this interview and gain some form of new perspective, inside or knowledge that serves you, that enriches your life. And if that's the case, make sure to share this episode, subscribe to the podcast, follow the social media on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and simply be part of the conversation, one step at a time, wherever you are, have yourself a stellar day.